0: An hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us. And himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to
1: Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and I've got Bob Savage here with me.
0: Oh, well, if it's Monday, this must be Radio Free New York.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is Monday, and normally on Mondays I would talk about coronavirus numbers. Um, I, I'm just ignoring it at this point. <laughs> well, first of all, the I,
0: numbers are are fading into irrelevancy anyway. So, yeah, I mean, a, a worthy cause uh, up up until recently because it illustrates how ridiculous the numbers are, which I think is your point, right, Andrew? Not to put words in your mouth, but uh, uh, but we got bigger fish to fry today.
1: Yeah and that, that's that's exactly it. I mean at this point the numbers are low. Um Cuomo's still doing his press conferences and and really putting his foot in his mouth at this point. I think he's trying to walk back on some things, deflect on others. Um before I jumped on the show, I was listening to his live stream and he was talking about Sandy Hook and passing gun legislation and all this other stuff that um clearly has nothing to do with coronavirus. And uh, so I, I, I'm getting the feeling they're, they're thinking that some things are a little more pressing than coronavirus at this point.
0: Now, let me understand um, this. So we had historic uh, looting on a grand scale dating back to, you know, for comparison purposes, the 1960s. Uh, we have Antifa, you know, uh, uh, Minneapolis police demonstrations even taking place in London. So clearly this is an, uh you know, essentially planned and organized thing to some degree and uh, andrew uh, wants to talk about sandy hook that makes perfect sense
1: yeah yeah no i i don't get it but you know the thing that i really don't know why nobody's talking about is the murder hornets i mean what what happened to the murder hornets were they just a one-week issue here and now they don't exist anymore
0: yep yeah, something like that uh, but first of all it was, it's been proven that the murder hornets aren't going anywhere the the washington state you know uh authorities there wh- whatever the bug police are are successfully eradicating them so i don't think that we have to worry about you know the killer bees like we had in the 1970s
1: yeah 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 there you go but i will tell you i mean it's still 2020 we're we're just barely halfway there uh i'm i'm holding out for for the zombie apocalypse in the fall I, I think uh, I think there's an opportunity for that.
0: Well, where the zombie apocalypse is going on right now. Uh, you saw it all this weekend. It's just you know kind of market marketed differently. But what you had in most cities is the uh, peaceful protesters, and I, I think to a large degree, there are a number of those in almost every city, uh, very rapidly co-opted by imported hireling thugs. Uh, who are highly trained and well-financed and extremely well-equipped. These people are extremely manipulative and they're very good at whipping a crowd into doing what they want them to do. And uh, so I think you get a lot of the hollow-chested, you know, suburban white kids that uh, really think that this is really thrilling to go downtown and throw rocks and bottles and uh, generally agitate. Uh, And uh, all of a sudden they get moved, you know, to the next rung of violence, by these agitators and pretty soon they're involved in it up to their necks so while yes it may be a minority of antifa types who are instigating and uh inciting all this violence in cities they are they're they're whipping up the locals and that's definitely contributing i think andrew i mean this is something that you know we can discuss but I, I think we need to have domestic terrorism uh, investigations into these organizations.
1: Yeah, and I, I suspect that's probably already happening. Um, and I, I believe it's probably been happening before this incident uh, happened. But I, I suspect now it's it's probably moved up in priority, would, would be my guess. Um, but I, I do want to circle back to things looking like the zombie apocalypse just real quick, um, because you guys know that I like holding the media accountable and wouldn't you know, one of our, uh, one of our favorite outlets, MSNBC, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this or not, Bob, I actually watched it myself this morning to make sure that this actually happened. MSNBC, they were reporting fires and I think it was in, uh, in Philadelphia, if I recall, um, and they have this footage of the skyline and there's smoke and, and buildings that that have fire and, like, obvious destruction as they're, like, voiceover reading, um, you know, about what happened the night before. Turns out that footage was fake.
0: <laughs> was it from a zombie apocalypse movie?
1: It was from World War Z oh zombie gosh. apocalypse movie. <laughs> oh, yep, no. Yep. Yep. So you can go to YouTube. You can search World War Z trailer Watch the trailer. I think it's in like the opening 15 seconds of the trailer uh, and then compare it to what MSNBC put up. It is the same footage.
0: So that's kind of like the, the, uh, I guess it was the iceberg footage or whatever that was in Al Gore's, what was the name of his dopey film? What was it called? Oh, Oh, uh, Inconvenient Truth. Inconvenient Truth. Uh, That was lifted wholesale out of the sci-fi thriller from 10 years ago called The Day After Tomorrow, I think it was, where Uh, there's cataclysmic weather stuff that happened. I actually saw the film. I only have dim memories of it. But, uh, you know, you had skyscrapers in New York being knocked down by tidal waves and all that stuff. And so, somehow, some of that footage found its way into an Inconvenient Truth. The you know the uh, magnum opus from Al Gore.
1: Yeah, and and this thing, I I think this is really important because I I think that we might have something that everybody can agree on, and I know I'm I'm really stepping out on the limb here saying that, but I think that we can all agree that. There's some serious issues going on. You think? Not not just locally, but across our country. I, I think that left, right, extreme left, extreme right, and everybody in the middle can admit right now that, hey, there's some serious stuff going on. We don't need the media to make up stuff, use stock footage, take footage from videos to, to try to make things look even worse. Yeah, this Why, is –
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, wh- I mean, why? I know why they're selling advertisement, but seriously, like, there's got to be some ethics where they go. Ah, you know what? Maybe this is a bad idea. Maybe we shouldn't do this.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is bigger than the, the you know the special effects in the film The Day After Tomorrow, which was largely dry ice and styrofoam uh, coated with uh, with with you know frozen. Uh, stuff uh this is you know the media is a symptom it's not a cause of all of this well maybe a contributing cause but it's not the underlying cause we have ladies and gentlemen a, we have a there's a there's really is a quiet civil war going on in the united states these days we have first of all we, we have two factions and to broadly describe them one is the productive you know sector of society who believes in right and wrong and, uh, you know, supports the former over the latter and wants law and order and wants prosperity and wants a better life for their kids and their grandkids down the ro- line. And is in favor of peace and prosperity, jobs for people so that we can, you know, resume our, the standard of living that Americans enjoyed before the fake coronavirus epidemic was foisted upon us. On the other hand, what we have is we have a faction of society who just wants to tear everything down. They're nihilists, if you will. They want to destroy society as it currently exists and everything that society produces, everything that it represents, so that they can build some new utopian fantasy on the ashes of what used to be. And that's manifesting itself in everything that's happening. Uh, first of all, you see it in the coronavirus fake pandemic or hyped pandemic. I'm not uh, you know, diminishing the people who were victims of this Infection, I think it's a bad case of the flu, and unfortunately, the flu kills forty to sixty thousand people every year, and that's to be deplored as well. But it's manifested in that. It's manifested in the 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 incredible cruelty of the Minnesota cop killing somebody who didn't deserve to die, and then the, the the parlaying of that into violent, destructive behavior that's going to ruin cities across the U.S. in for decades to come, Andrew
1: yeah no i I agree, and I think that we're in a situation where the media is is definitely we've talked for years about the media creating a divide amongst the people um, and and not maybe not creating definitely contributing and and throwing gas on the fire. Now we have this situation where the gas is on the fire. I mean, I mean we, we literally have cars flipped over, cars burnt, windows broken, stores destroyed, people's personal property stolen from. Um, now, now is the time, I think, for the media to go, ah, you know what, mm, may, maybe we should step up, may, maybe we should do the right thing. Let, let's be ethical in this situation because now is the time for some truth and honesty, guys. Th- this is what we need. All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. I want to talk about some systemic issues. I want to talk about the riots in Rochester. We've got a lot to cover today. We'll be back in a moment on Radio Free New York.
2: You're listening to Radio Free New York.
1: All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host Andrew Hollister. I want to welcome you guys to the show. If you're listening on the radio, maybe you're listening on the podcast, maybe you're listening on the live stream. Um, there's there's a bunch of you guys commenting in the live stream. I appreciate that. Thank you guys for the support. Want um, to give a couple of you guys a shout out. Welcome to the show, Rod, um, Michael, Ryan, Matthew, Dan. Garrett, Rick, Samantha, and another Matthew. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here and tuning in. Um, I, I really want to talk about an issue that I think is being buried by uh, the message of the violence. Um, and, and this issue, I think, is coming up more and more. This issue has been present for for a very long time. And I don't think that it's been emphasized and discussed as much as necessary. And that is the problem with the way our system is set up that allows for things like George Floyd's death. Um, And and I'm not talking about, and and I want to specify before I say this, I can't guarantee you that these changes would have prevented his death. But I, I do believe that our system is set up in a way right now, where there's really two, maybe three classes of citizens. Um, And that is us, you know, people like you and I who are here going about our day-to-day lives. Um, And then we have this kind of greater class or, or higher authority class, which is the politicians who get to make the rules and the laws that we have to live by and the police officers who enforce them, or the law enforcement officers that enforce them. And, and don't hear this as being anti-law enforcement, because that is not at all what this conversation is. Um, what I want to emphasize is that law enforcement, politicians, and also people that have significant sums of money tend to be above the law. Um, and, and sometimes that's by blatant policy. Look at something like the SAFE Act. The SAFE Act literally restricts your constitutional rights here in New York, but there is an exemption for law enforcement. And I'm not saying that that's law enforcement's fault, and I'm not blaming them for that. Um, The the politicians put that in place, but they are now given additional privileges and liberties above the rest of us. Um, And when an officer gets pulled over for speeding, whether they're on duty or not, They're not getting a ticket. They're allowed certain exemptions. And some of this is written into law, by the way. I mean, police officers, it's my understanding that they are allowed to use their phone while driving, for example. Whereas, you know, Bob, if that were you or I, we're going to get a ticket unless somebody's uh, feeling very friendly and generous that morning or afternoon or evening or whatever and decides to um, let us go
0: yeah there's no question that there's a divide between uh, you know uh, folks who are in the private sector and who are working for a living and and uh, and in some cases i, I don't want to you know paint with too broad a brush here but in some cases people who are uh, they're members of the public sector Uh, There's different rules that seem to apply to them, and increasingly it seems to be going that way. Uh, Let me give you an example of what we're talking about here. Uh, This is in the context of the coronavirus. So Monroe County, New York, this is where our flagship station, Rochester, uh, WYSL, is. County employees are fighting like cats in a sack over hazard pay, okay? 4,200 employees in the county of Monroe, which is mind-boggling, in and of itself. That's a lot. 4,200 county employees. 2,500 are receiving hazard pay for working for the past three months. This is all funded by a $125 million handout from the feds. So here's government giving other government sectors a great big juicy... Now a lot of you folks are out of work. You know, you've uh, been cut back in hours or you're completely out of work. You're trying to get New York to disgorge some uh, unemployment funds, which New York has been totally chaotic with that. Nobody thinks of just don't use the $125 million, hand it back to the feds. It's like, you know, use it or lose it, right? And managers, quote unquote, at the county are being given three additional weeks of vacation on the premise. They've worked extraordinarily hard the last few months from their kitchen tables and recliners. All of this approved by the county legislature for approval. So while the private sector is like the forgotten stepchildren, government bureaucrats are handing out to their types uh, money just like by the bucket load. And it's our money, ladies and gentlemen. I, if that doesn't infuriate you, I don't know what does.
1: Yeah, and this is the exact stuff I'm talking about. It It goes through every step of society. There is this separate class that government has created it's now integrated into our system into our society created by government and the laws and the rules do not apply equally and i think that this is so important to talk about and for people to think about because this is why violence is starting to happen this is why people are are just saying they've had enough You know, I I look at like the Second Amendment community who has been beaten down time and time again and who is assembled in Albany in tens of thousands of people peacefully doing things the quote unquote the right way. And they haven't seen progress and people have become extremely fed up and i'm not saying this justifies violence this doesn't justify destruction of property um i i just want us to talk about the fact that law enforcement and and politicians and people with a lot of money there's this other class of society and i'm not saying that it's their fault this is just how our system is right now they get to play by different rules and by playing by those different rules other people in society are seeing this and saying, Wow, I could never get away with that.
2: That's I right. would
1: never be allowed to do this. And a, a very good local example that will fire all of you up, I think, when you hear this name Judge Estasio. Judge Estasio was a judge. She presided over DWI cases and sentenced people for DWI cases. City Court. In City Court. Yep. In Rochester. And and then got a DWI. And then got another one. And and stack stuff on. And every step of the way seemed to be able to just bypass things and get away with things and continue to um evade the types of punishments that would have rained down on the rest of us. Uh financially, personally, physically. Uh, ultimately, she did time in jail, but I think it was like 180 days. I mean, she up and left the country, and nobody even knew. She didn't show up to work, and nobody even knew. She was collecting a salary of over six figures. And what was she doing with it? She was floating around, not even doing her job, and it was a taxpayer's salary. So these these are the things that... I think all of us, you know, the the regular everyday American are sitting here and feeling in one part of our life or another. Um, it could be Second Amendment issues. It could be tax issues. Um, it could be some law, some regulation, some something that you sit there and you are bearing the burden and the weight of the law. And you look in the other direction and you see others that are getting by without it. And I think that that is really putting people on edge. Then bring in coronavirus. Now people are told they have to stay home. They're not allowed to work. They're not allowed to be productive. They can't see their family. They can't see their friends. These things aren't allowed. They can't but earn then, a living. Yeah, they can't earn a living. But then they turn around and see governments giving themselves raises and saying, well, some people can work. Even those those people are working in a significantly more hazardous, dangerous and higher chance of infection than what these other people were. It it's totally unbalanced.
0: I'm sitting here watching and, right now. I mean, the governor headcases cases uh, daily, you know, excruciating press conferences on. He's got a, you know, a deaf interpreter on there. He's got his personal secretary, Melissa somebody on one side. He's got Howard Zucker, who's the state, you know, health czar on the other side. Hey, these people take any Pay cuts the last three months?
1: No, no,
0: not I don't that think I'm so. Aware of? No,
1: not that I'm aware of.
0: No, what they're doing is they're voting big money for other government cronies. It's like, yeah. look at my, I got this big pot of money here. Let me make sure you get yours, and then uh, make sure all you uh, government union people vote for us uh, so that we can keep the, uh, you know, keep the gravy train coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. All right, guys, I've set the stage for the conversation we're going to have next. We're going to talk about the riots that happened in Rochester yesterday over the weekend. Um, and, And I hope you guys participate in the discussion. We'll be back in a moment on Radio Free New York.
2: listening to Radio Free New York.
1: All right, welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and there's just a lot to talk about, but before I do, I want to welcome you guys to the show. I see a few more people have popped in the live stream. We've got John, Chase, and Birds. Um, Guys, welcome to the show, and thank you guys for listening on the podcast on air um, I I definitely appreciate your guys' comments, your feedback, your call-ins. I want to talk about Rochester, and not just Rochester, but Buffalo, Syracuse, Albany, Manhattan, um, and cities all across the country, and talk about what happened. And I I think many of us know what happened, but let's let's break it down just a little bit. I think it's really important. Um, To first say that there were clearly people who decided they wanted to take away from the message. What happened with George Floyd was totally unacceptable, um, totally wrong, and should have never happened. And the violence that broke out um, and people damaging and destroying property, people stealing property— is, is just going to escalate in the media above the message of the changes that we need to see in society and the changes that we need to see in our system. This idea that the system has created, you know, two or more classes in our society, those who have to follow the rules, which is people like you and I, um, versus those who write the rules and write in exemptions for themselves and their buddies, and I think that's the message we should be seeing right now. But instead, we're seeing buildings on fire. We're seeing cars on fire. We're seeing cars flipped. We're seeing theft of personal property. Um, and I would, I would maybe say that we as a society could maybe have been open to damage of property If it was property of the state, if it was property of those who were actually bringing these grievances against people, I I think more people, I'm not saying that it's right, by the way, I want to make sure that's really clear. I'm not saying that's right or moral, but what I am saying is people who maybe don't fully understand the frustration. The people sitting on their couch, watching the television, sitting at their desk, scrolling on their phone, who maybe don't fully understand what's going on. And I I believe there are a lot of people like that. Unfortunately, that's just the case. What they're seeing on the media is torched buildings and cars, and they're not hearing the message of, we need to see change. I think if it was government buildings they would go oh wait why why is it that they left alone all the stores they didn't steal the TVs or the shoes or whatever it may be um but they they attacked a government building why and maybe starting that question and once again please i am not condoning anybody go damage property and i'm definitely not saying go you know damage government property that's not why i'm saying i'm saying that people took advantage of the situation, and it took away from, I think, what people wanted to accomplish over the weekend.
0: I'm somewhat at a loss to understand what somebody was trying to accomplish, anybody was trying to accomplish over the weekend. I I think that there's a universal sentiment. I, I can't imagine anybody out there defending the actions of the Minneapolis police officer who killed George Floyd. I just oh, uh, there's
1: people out there, Bob. I hate to say it. I I have
0: tiny minority people
1: attacking me over it. Yeah, I understand,
0: but I think in the tiny, tiny minority because that's first of all, it just needs to be said that that's not police work. No policeman is trained to kneel on somebody's neck. When you have somebody on the ground, their arms are behind them. They're subdued. They're under control. They're cuffed. They're down. Uh, especially when there's four officers standing around. That guy's not going anywhere. He's not going to do anything. So the so it was just a completely wanton act of violence. But I don't want to dwell on that. That's not the point. I think that the roots of the uh, of, of the violence and the looting in Rochester are very deep. And they go back decades. As a matter of fact, earlier today I did uh, a recorded interview with uh, Charlie Sciano, former city and county legislator who was a, uh, a member of a military group that addressed the 1964 riots. And the same vectors are still present in society today that were present 60 years ago. And that is lack of economic uh, opportunity. What you see across the United States is city after city run over and over again by mostly Democrat administrations whose disastrous economic policies over the last 50, 60 years, have chased jobs, opportunity, and prosperity out of these cities to other locations. So you have people who can't earn a living. And you have people who have no place to work. And their standard of living is uh, continually on the decline. And far more confiscatory taxation and economic policies are foreclosing any possible change in the foreseeable future. So you have a number of people who are desperate. They've got nothing. They're never going to have anything. This is why they turn to drugs, drug dealing, crime as a means of trying to survive. And those people, you know, uh, just they, they, they see what happened and they get egged on by Antifa agitators who know exactly the buttons to push. They're highly trained, extremely manipulative. And that's what causes all this stuff to erupt. And it's no accident that all of the, you know, are you kidding me? Do you really seriously think that violent protests, not protests, looting, violence, riots just spontaneously break out in a number of U.S. cities at the same time on the same weekend? No, it's coordinated. It's orders are being given This organization and the people who follow it and are associated with it need to be charged under domestic terrorism laws. And I guarantee you that the sunken-chested twerps that come in, you know, that hang out, that populate Starbucks or whatever, who thought it would be really fun to come down to downtown Rochester and throw some box and bottles at cops and then get caught up in the violence, if a couple of those get chucked in a federal penitentiary for 20 years, all of a sudden the fun's not so much fun anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think that uh, once people feel the consequences of their actions, they, they certainly feel differently
0: about their actions. It sounds like we've got a caller on the line. Too. Hey, do JTO's have... on the line, John, the, John the Optimist. I got to ask you, what are you doing now that Matthews doesn't do a show anymore?
2: I'm in withdrawal. You're, you're unemployed too. <laughs> I'm, I'm in withdrawal.
0: <laughs> it's a sad thing. You want to do a sports show on WYSL?
2: I'll think about
0: it. All right. We'll talk about it. Okay. Anyway, you, that's not what you called about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Listen, hey, Andrew, how are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for calling. Yeah. I, yeah. I just want to put my two cents in. Number one, I could not believe the atrocity of uh, George Floyd's uh, death. That was hard, so hard to watch, and I was getting sick to my stomach watching it. It was just horrendous. I've never seen anything like it before. But having, having said that, uh, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people think about is this. Everybody assumes the killing was done for racial reasons, that this guy was a racist. Yeah, no evidence of that. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking, in fact, I talked to a conservative talk show host over the weekend out of Buffalo, and, and I brought up the same point. Uh, and he says, well, there were 16, 17 incidents of, of misbehavior. And I said, well, what were the incidents? Uh, were they against uh, African-Americans? And he, he didn't know. So he made the assumption, and this is somebody who leans right, he made the assumption that this guy is a racist. I brought up the point of this. I've seen many, in my many years, uh, I've seen many, incidents over the years of of excessive police force on whites and it's it's just ironic to me that this guy all of a sudden the guy definitely should be charged uh maybe more than third degree, i guess he's being charged with third degree murder
0: and manslaughter yeah yeah it could
2: be it could, it could be worse and he he deserves it but the racial and part of it I I don't. I don't see that at this point. There might be evidence that comes out, and it 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 might be probable that it does come out that way. But at this point, I just think it's blown out of proportion. And in the media, overall, not only in this situation, but the media over, especially over the last five or ten years, I believe are race baiters. They are portraying uh racism in this country to a level which uh i think is exaggerated right now and and the people are believing it and then of course they on this lighted the fire literally lighted the fire this uh latest case with george floyd
0: so yeah it could be a contributing factor
2: so i it, it bothers me uh that this happens and look what it did uh I I was listening to uh, Jim Quinn this morning, and he brought up the uh, uh, incident on Monroe Avenue where this little lady got the hell beat out of her by uh, three or four rioters.
0: Yeah, 24 years old.
2: I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, I just looked at it uh, about an hour ago. I was incensed by seeing that. In fact, I think Jim is putting $1,000 for a reward to... To try to find the culprits and I'm, I think I may contribute to that 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 was just unbelievable uh, violence and, and, uh, and in a sense in fact what's happening I think is there's there's somebody like me I consider myself a liberal in a lot of respects especially when I was younger uh, but my I've always been a liberal in regards to race and I'll tell you this this violence, being perpetrated on innocent people and innocent property, it's going to be a backlash. It's going to hurt the causes of racial injustice.
0: No question about it. John the Optimist, thanks for calling into Radio Free New York. Andrew, I'll let you take it out to break.
2: Yep, yep. Guys,
1: uh, thank you so much. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to carry on this discussion. We'll be back in a moment on Radio Free New York.
2: Radio Free New York.
1: Alright, welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. I, I do want to clarify something, because over break, I, I checked my phone, I saw a text message from somebody saying, Hey, Andrew, are, are you advocating for the destruction of public property? Um, no, no, please, don't, uh, don't think that that's what I'm saying. Uh, what, what I want to clarify on this is, if people are out protesting a cause, and that cause is directed at they are upset with the government. But then throughout that protest, private property that's not related to the government is what's being damaged. I see a disconnect there, and I think many other people see a disconnect there as well. Um, I'm not saying anybody should go out and damage anybody's property, um, but I, I think that If damage was happening and it was government property, people would at least think that was in line with their messaging. Not saying it's right. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not advocating for it. Um, But it would be more in line with what was being protested. You mean more understandable, Andrew? Is that what you're saying? More more understandable. I think it would just click a little bit more for people. Um, For example, I saw pictures of police cars flipped over. And and yeah, that made me feel terrible that that was happening. But in my mind, I saw it and thought they are upset at the police. It's not even the same police. It's not even the same state. But their anger was directed towards the police. That seemed in line with their anger. Not saying it's justified, just saying it happened. It I, was a course I, of action. Th- yeah,
0: I think that there's a... But,
1: th- I'm sorry, go ahead. But you see the shoe store being smashed up and people stealing shoes and and you go okay uh what does the shoe store have to do with this not saying that the what they did to the police cars was right but but you look at the shoe store and and you really can't see any link there it's a private entity totally separate you know it it, it just very much detracts much further from the cause and the message
0: I think that, uh, you know, you have to go back here and uh, and cast kind of a wider net. If you will, let's go back to—let's uh, assume for a moment, okay, an argument, and I don't ascribe to this, by the way, that there is a line, a caus- causation line between the violence that uh, led to the death of, uh, of uh, the gentleman in Minneapolis uh, and the violence and the rioting and the looting. I don't believe that's true for— A minute, by the way, because I think, again, you know, the wheels of justice are swiftly turning, frankly, uh, against the police officer who perpetrated that outrage in Minneapolis. And so I think people can see that justice is in the process of being done. I would be very surprised if the other three officers are not similarly charged, maybe not with murder, but with being accomplices uh, or at, at the very least, you know, gross incompetence, official misconduct or whatever. And they have all been fired. So there has been, you know, appropriate and swift justice meted out, and we'll see where that all ends up. Uh, and that is one of the foundation stones of society. But I think the time has come for all of us to not settle for anything less than a response to our better, better angels, which is to say that we don't we don't subscribe to the moral bankruptcy of wanton destruction of things of value in our society our public facilities our private facilities private businesses private individuals like the couple who were attacked on monroe avenue at monroe fire equipment uh rochester fire equipment excuse me and uh, and so forth i i think that we have to not tolerate that in an ordered society under any circumstances because it is 100 percent destructive You know, you turn the clock back again. I did an interview earlier today on the the downtown Rochester riots from 1964 on another program, which will air on this station. That neighborhood, ladies and gentlemen, has still not recovered 60 years later. And the same thing is going to be true of downtown Rochester. How many businesses are there in downtown Rochester? Six. Yeah, was, there's already very few to begin yeah. with. Do yeah. you think those businesses – you're a business owner. You're, you're a businessman who wants to turn a profit, okay? Are you going to invest in downtown Rochester? Not bloody likely because at any moment some, you know, some uh, news event can take place in a completely distant location and produce this kind of reaction. And your yeah. livelihood is gone, and you'll never get it back. So we can't tolerate this in our city. And the, the people who, per, who perpetrated this kind of stuff need to be brought to swift justice, and they need to go along for a very, very long time. And we can't have, we can't have orders coming from Adam Bellow, the, the county executive, or from Todd Baxter, the sheriff, or from the police chief, LaRon Singletary, saying it's okay, let them turn over police cars. No, it's not OK. Let them destroy. No. You confront that kind and of and violence long, and, and you stop it. And in the long run,
1: it costs us untold amount of money and tax dollars. But one, one thing I do want to bring up before we end the show, because we are coming pretty close to the end here, is, is I do want to talk about the fact that, yeah, I think, I truly believe that people planned the violence. That people, not just in Rochester, but in Buffalo, and Syracuse, and Albany, and in other cities across our country, seized this moment knowing people were high on emotion, and people came to be peaceful. And I think people came with very bad, ill intentions, and purposely stirred this pot, got people riled up, pushed the violence, and helped make it happen.
0: I, yes, I yes. really believe that. Yes, Antifa needs to be uh, thoroughly investigated, and I, I hope Bill Barr is doing that and needs to be investigated and needs to be prosecuted. I believe that this is funded by uh, you know, one worlder uh, um, anti American forces. Uh, George Soros, I'm looking at you. I think that you're definitely a factor in all of this, but he is not alone. He's not alone. There's a lot of people out there who have stakes in what happens in America and not so much in America as a country and as a functioning society. And that needs to stop. We all need to wake up. We need to stop electing nitwits and weak people and people who are opportunistic. And uh we we need to we need to find statesmen to lead us folks. And I'm not pretending for a minute that this is easy. But you know, if you if you elect bad people, well, Uh, Look at what's happened in New York. That's all I can say.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, So I've got some good news. Kevin was actually present at the peaceful portion of the protest yesterday. He went there, checked it out. He showed up. And um, we'll have an opportunity to talk with him tomorrow and get his first hand without the media there to manipulate the audio, manipulate the images, put up fake stock footage. Um, Kevin will be able to tell us what he saw because Kevin has some pretty interesting insights as to uh, who was there, who was doing what and what he thinks really sparked everything so guys uh definitely tune in same time same place tomorrow we're gonna talk with kevin about that you're listening to radio free new york thank you guys i'll see you then